it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, at Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Kieran, hello, how are you? It's so lovely to see you and so many people on Sunday night in Manchester. Oh, in Salford, I beg your pardon. Oh, careful, careful. See, I was very good. I got through the whole the whole day in Salford without saying we were in Manchester. And as soon as I'm back to London... I revert to terrible regional stereotyping. We had a lovely time in Salford. It's lovely to see you and so many friends. Kieran, did you get back safely? Uh, well, I, I did. Well, I've, I've not really got back because I'm still up in Liverpool. So I stayed in the Northwest uh, for a few days. Uh, went, went to watch our regulation defeat at the Etihad on the Saturday. Um, and yes, it was it was it was a great gig. I, I, I absolutely loved it. I've never spoken at a theatre before, so for me, it's. Uh, it, it was amazing, sort of, you know, seeing seeing everything how it operates, and you know, and your alley was absolutely brilliant. It's sort of doing the things which really enhanced it, as I think, as an experience, certainly for me, and and, and think from the audience as well. Oh yeah, you, you put a little headset on Ali. She's a happy girl, mate. Um, we have to acknowledge, oh Kieran, we were we were in Salford. I mean, we were what three hundred meters from Old Trafford, and we were there at a. A very sad time for you know, the, the denizens, shall we say, of Old Trafford. And it's a sad time as well for a lot of the people where you're staying, Kieran, as we lost Bobby Charlton and yesterday the sad death of Bill Kenwright. Yes, and I think for many people who are of a certain age, you know, we, we all remember the 66 World Cup and the 60. Uh, 68 European Cup with with Bobby Charlton's contribution there, and and he was a uh, he, he was a he was a humble man. He was a modest man. Uh, Chloe, who who was our guest on the show on uh, on Sunday, she she told a, a wonderful story about him. And also from Everton's point of view, you know, Bill Kenwright cut cut him, and he bleeds blue. You know, he was he was completely devoted to his club. So uh, you know, he's been through a, a hard time with with cancer recently, and. and I think so Bobby was had, had illness as well, so we we just wish wish their family all the best in, at this uh, you know, this time of of mourning. Mm. Uh, it's Newsday, Kieran. <laughs> we, we start with a, a slightly unusual uh, story, Kieran, and a slightly unusual suggestion from a UEFA executive um, about the way football could perhaps reduce its carbon footprint. Yes, I mean, I remember talking to you um, on Christmas Eve uh, last year, Kevin, and I was saying, well, what, what would you most like um, coming from football? And you said to me, 177 additional games in European competition. And, and I'm sure you were absolutely delighted when, when UEFA delivered that for you um, in the shape of an expanded Champions League and more matches. Uh, Ke- Ke- Santa delivered it, Kieran. Santa ah, true, delivered it. Santa, indeed. Um, and so, so that's what we now have. And, and some people have pointed out, um, aren't UEFA signatories to a, a commitment to, to halve carbon emissions by 2030 and, and to go to net zero in due course? And they said, well, we, we've got a, a number of commitments, um, one of which is financial. I, we want to make more money. Um which is somewhat at odds in terms of their environmental commitments. So what uh, what UEFA now have done is um, via Mr. Patrick Gasser, which is an unusual name for somebody who's committed to uh, trying to reduce carbon carbon <laughs> outputs. Um, he's he's come up with a a neat solution. Don't sell tickets to away fans for European mm. matches. And that will cut back on the amount of travel. And you go, 
has this man ever been to a football match before? Because you know, going going to away fans, you know, going to an away match, either domestically or, or on, on a European basis, is something that people look forward to. Um, and I, I think it's it's indicative of UEFA's focus is on making money or reducing losses. And we'll bring this up at a, another story a little bit later. Um, but my concern is that if this is the the formal approach that's going to be taken by UEFA, um, at Old Trafford two weeks ago, um, Manchester United were playing Galatasaray. There were two and a half thousand Galatasaray fans in the home end. Now, if you think that uh, a dedicated Galatasaray fan, Manchester United fan, Liverpool fan, Manchester City fan, Barcelona, if, if you think that a ban on away tickets is going to stop them from travelling and then trying to get in to the match, I think UEFA are very, very naive. So um, it will reduce the atmosphere. It will sanitise the game even further. And I don't think it's dealing with the much broader issue of no, nobody's asked for more teams and more matches from the fans. UEFA say, oh, well, we have consulted um, with, uh, with, with interested parties. And, and the players don't want it either. Because you know, from the players' point of view, they, they, they're already playing two matches, too many matches. Rodri said, said, I think, last week that, that last season he, he played 62 games and he's an elite athlete and, and you can't expect that to go on um, indefinitely. But the authorities who are making the decisions appear to be oblivious of, of this, such is their obsession with trying to deal with the spectre of Super League, which, UEFA's, which, which is UEFA's biggest fear, should they, they not concede more and more to, to the bigger clubs. You know, we talk about big clubs, we're talking about bigger club owners uh, in terms of the, the future of football. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm getting quite impatient with these young footballers moaning about how many games they have to play. You, you and I, Kieran, we do 104 podcasts a year. Do you hear us moaning about how difficult it is? Admittedly, we're sitting down while we do them, and they're only about fifty minutes long. But you know, these these people, the young elite, they they can knock out a couple of games a week. All I will say on this story, Kieran, is um, I I only know this because you've occasionally mentioned it. Um, I believe your football team may be involved in some kind of minor European tournament at the moment. Um, I think it would be very irresponsible of you, Kieran, to go to Athens and Amsterdam. I think you should be staying at home and cuddling a squirrel rather than destroying the planet by travelling to watch your club play. You should be next door dealing with more magpies. How was the magpie? Did you ever come back, that magpie? You... I think it did, actually. Um, oh. It's a habit of... Uh, we've got a lot of magpies in our garden because um, we've got a lot of worms. Oh, have you? Sussex soil, very... Very, very worm-rich. I, I did not know that, Kieran. Oh, yeah. Really? Well, it must be the... Well, they pop their little heads up sniffing the quinoa. <laughs> exactly, yes. uh, In the past week or so, Kieran, I've rather enjoyed the fact that we've had a break from talking about football and gambling, but unfortunately it's impossible not to confront an issue this week, and this time it's Newcastle's Sandro Tonali who looks like he could be out of football for a, a long time. And we were asked a very interesting question on Sunday night at the Lowry in Salford by somebody who, who wants to know what, what could happen. What Do Newcastle have any redress if it turns out that Sandro Tonali's um, former club knew that he had a gambling issue? Well, um, I went to one of our secret lawyers with regards to this. One of them? We've got another one now. Oh, we, we've got quite a few. And and you will be <laughs> staggered. You will be absolutely amazed, Kevin, to say that his reply was preceded <laughs> with the words, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> I just love that. Up and down the country, all over the world, people will be in their house going, why is that person, why is he saying, all, all saying it depends together. It's like a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> 40,000 people across the world saying it depends together triggers some kind of alien invasion. So our, our secret lawyer said um, the case against Milan is tricky 
as it will depend on whether, whether there are any representations or warranties when Newcastle agreed to buy the player. And he doesn't think that football transfers are, sophistic, are as sophisticated as a, as a corporate takeover. Um, when you've got to, you've got an obligation to disclose everything. Now, it could be that Milan weren't aware of, of Tonali's uh, gambling concerns because it is, it's an invisible disease, uh, a gambling addiction. It's, it's not, you know, if, if somebody's got an issue with substance abuse or, or alcohol, you can, you can tell physically. You, you can't do that necessarily when it comes to gambling. Um, so if, if there's evidence of some form of negligence by Milan in the sense that they, they, they potentially got a good faith clause towards Newcastle and they were aware of the issue, then perhaps Newcastle could have some redress. But the chances are that they were unaware as well we could, because we've seen in relation to um, football in uh, in Italy, there's been, uh, is it uh, uh, Fagioli uh, of Juventus? He, he handed himself in. You know, I think he started this and he's been given a 12-month ban of which uh, five months has been suspended. Um, Newcastle are the innocent party in this, that they that they bought Tonali in good faith. And some people have, have been in contact with me to say, well, yeah, if, if you buy it in good faith, but buy the player in good faith, then why should they be punished? And I think I, that, that argument has a degree of credibility and a degree of understanding. The problem is is that if that was going to be the standard approach that was taken in European football, every time a player had a gambling problem, if all they had to do was to say, right, I'll, I'll report myself to the authorities and then I'll ask, and then the club I play for says, oh, we, we should go and sell you. And the, and the club buying you doesn't have to inherit any ban. Can you see it wouldn't act as a deterrent? So, uh, you know, it's, you can understand the frustration of Newcastle, again, people have been asking, uh, do they have an obligation to pay his wages? Could the player be dismissed? Well, if it's if it's within his contract that gambling on football, and he does now appear to have admitted to, to gambling on some of the matches in which AC Milan were playing, um, then uh, it, it could be, you know, it could be awkward for the club because you, if you sack the player, you you lose, he, he can transfer, yeah, he can register with somebody else and you don't get the, the satisfaction of getting compensation. Um, up until the start of this year, Newcastle will be sponsored by Fun88, a gambling company. Yeah. So yeah, we, yeah, we've got that uncomfortable relationship. It would appear that uh, I think the maximum ban potentially is, is a three-year one. But... The, the the newspapers and, and the, the other media appear to be suggesting it could be possibly a 10-month ban, which will impact him. Yeah, clearly, it will ruin his season as far as Newcastle United are concerned and will probably prevent him from playing in the Euros next summer as well. You see, Kieran, I have um, a slight issue. I, I 100% agree with, with Paul Merson uh, saying that we should be concentrating on the... Um, the health, the mental health, and the well-being of Sandro Tonali, Tonali, I beg your pardon, because uh, gambling at this level is an addiction. I, I fully agree with Paul Merson when he says that, but I also understand those people who say, well, there are a lot of things to gamble on, right? and, and the rules of football are quite clear that you can't gamble on football or gambling on games in which you are involved, because that opens up a whole can of worms and all sorts of possibilities of, of corruption and, and so on. Um, but it, it's 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 such a it's such an awkward one, and, and we'll come on to Roy Hodgson's comments in a minute. But when you talk about representation and warranty in a transfer deal, what what do you mean by that, Kieran? Um, what it means is that you're effectively saying the player is being sold in pristine condition. Yeah, if, if I sell a car with a warranty, I'm saying if anything goes wrong in the next six months, I'll repair it. Well, you know, is, is there any... It's the same in an, in an M&A deal. If I sell you a company and I say that you've got, you know, these six, these six properties and those 
factories and, and those assets, then I'm effectively giving you a, a, a guarantee that nobody else can come and sort of say, well, actually, they belong to me. So, so you, you, you give you give sort of a, a a guarantee with with the product that doesn't appear to apply in relation to to football transfers, according to our secret lawyer. Although he says you know individual transfers may, may vary uh, in terms of the content of the contract. Mm. Uh, Roy Hodgson, manager of Crystal Palace said in the press conference a few days ago that football has a problem with gambling, uh, and he's absolutely right. But it makes me wonder whether he's aware that Crystal Palace have a gambling company as a shirt sleeve sponsor. Um, yes, and, and they're not alone. And if, and if we take a look at the majority of these sponsors, they, they don't tend to be domestic. I mean, with the exception of, of West Ham, who have a very good relationship with, with their sponsor. Um they also tend to be uh, registered in Malta, Gibraltar, the Isle of Man. And you've got to ask yourself, why? You know, they don't tend to have um, functioning uh, apps or sites that operate from the UK. So they're very much um, Asian market focused, I think is, is the best way to describe them. Um, and you know, we, we've got... You know, Tony at Brentford, we've got Timnali, uh, Paul Merson himself, Wayne Rooney, I think he famously you know, had some fairly spectacular bets. Um, who was the Newcastle Manchester United winner? Keith, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, but he was, he, he, he was the guy that was swapped with uh, Andy Cole, um, uh, Keith Gillespie. Oh, Keith Gillespie, Keith Gillespie. Keith Gillespie. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think yeah. he, he's spoken about um, you know, Joey Barton, had a ban in respect of, of gambling and, and so on. So it is something which is common. Nobody sets out to be a gambling addict in exactly the same way that nobody sets out to be an alcoholic. And it is uh, footballers tend to have uh, very competitive personalities because you have to be, to be, to be elite at that level, to reach the very top. Um, and, you know, Card schools, gambling was was certainly rife many, many years ago. Um, but I think the, the ease with which you can now gamble in terms of, uh, you know, all you need is a phone and you've got access to, to how many markets. Whereas at least, you know, we, we go back to sort of what you might call the glory days, or we remember, you know, the likes of Stan Bowles. And, and yeah, we used to sort of, you know, the managers would say, well, you know, if, if, if he could... Uh, if he could pass a, a bookies as well as he could pass a football, um, he, he would have played for England a hundred times and so on. But at least they were restricted in terms of access. We've now got twenty four seven access. Um, the the gambling companies, I, I think they they have tokenism when it comes to uh, the issues in respect in respect of making the the industry uh, more protective and, and having a duty of care towards people who gamble. Um, and as far as the gambling industry is concerned, the only problem gambler is one who wins. And they're very, very good at dealing with those because they simply either close your accounts or they give you a maximum bet of 50 pence. Um, so yeah, their aim is, is to make money. Um, but I, I absolutely agree with Roy Hodgson. Um, it's, it's an ongoing issue uh, in the game and it affects, the, I think, the credibility of the game as well. Yeah, the... the, the... Trouble is, Kieran, Roy Hodgson is right. Football does have a problem with gambling, but um, football broadcasting has no problem with gambling whatsoever, which is an ongoing issue. Now, we had um, a surprising number of Blackburn fans, Kieran, at our show in Salford on, on Sunday night. And it's interesting talking to them because their their relationship with the Venkis is a rather strange one because even though the Venkis have been around for decades now, pumping money into their club, they still seem to expect bad news Every day, they still somehow seem to expect or assume that the Venkis are somehow dodgy. Um, and this next story, Kieran, may play into that narrative. Yes, um, as you know, I have a I have a love love relationship with Companies House website, <laughs> um, and and one of the great things about Companies House is that uh, it, it's, it sends me alerts. Um, so, so I actually have 
250, <laughs> 300 companies, not from just all the football clubs, but people connected to football clubs and footballers and managers <laughs> and so on. I, I've, 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 got, I've got a web of, uh, of alerts. And one of these companies is called Venkateshwara London Limited, which is owned by the Venkis and is one of the holding companies of the football club. And what we saw a couple of days ago is um, they have borrowed money. Uh, they've got what, a charge, which is the equivalent of a mortgage, from a company called Cross Baron Limited. Now, we don't know the amount. But then I said, okay, well, let's find out a bit more about Cross Baron Limited. So I looked at Cross Baron's account. didn't appear to have a lot of cash, but then I said, well, that, that seems a bit strange. So I went and took a look at the person who controls Cross Baron. It's a guy called Anil Pitalia. Um, and he's got around about 35 different companies, all of which seem to be sort of property related. Um, and what appears to have happened here is that uh, Venkis, effectively Blackburn, have borrowed money, which is secured on the training ground um, and some other properties that Blackburn own. And, and my, my concern here is that you know, when, when I speak to Blackburn fans, and, and I think there is sort of now a, a degree of acknowledgement that they have been incredibly generous owners um, in terms of the quality of the decisions that uh, I think it's fair to say that their lack of familiarity of the game has led them to taking advice at times from agents, representatives and so on, who, who whose main interest has been making money rather than what's best for Blackburn Rovers. But that's I think it's night you know, we, we, we said on the we said at the live show that when when we're looking at owners when things don't go wrong, they're either idiots or scumbags. And in my view, and it's an opinion, the Venkis are not scumbags. You know, I think they are, they've been well-intentioned. They didn't do due diligence when they bought the club. They weren't familiar with the concept of relegation and so on. Um, my concern is that following on the news that we had last month with regards to the, the Indian authorities effectively trying to seize some of the properties owned by the Venkis, is this an indication that the the taps, which they've been quite happy to turn on whenever needed, the financial taps, are those taps no longer available? And therefore, you know, do Blackburn have to operate on a more sustainable basis, which of course will impact upon the club's competitiveness going forwards? Company's House, Kieran, before I ask you a serious business question, this idea of Company's House having alerts, do you think they came up with that idea just to get you off the doorstep? That basically, the... <laughs> The first person in in the morning was was fed up having to step over you, and basically they had a little meeting and said, "We need to this this man needs to get out of the the building." So we'll tell you what we'll send. We'll send is it only you getting these alerts, or are there other people around the oh, country getting? And anybody, I mean, to be fair, anybody can register for them. And what what I am now finding is that sort of since publicising this service. Um, an awful lot of fans and an awful lot of journalists now contact me privately to say, oh, you know, Nottingham Forest have just done this or such and such a club. Um, and then I'll, sort of, I'll do an explainer for people um, as, as best I can. But I always say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm only a teacher. I'm not a lawyer. Um, and I, I, so I try to explain things in, in uh, layman's terms that I understand and hopefully other people understand too. See, it may also explain why the Baroness is getting a bit twitchy these days because I've got, I've got separate, you know, tone, shall we say, for when my WhatsApp goes off, there's a nice little ding. When my I get a text message, there's a nice little Robin Hood type thing. Uh, my phone calls got a little musical thing. It must be like a symphony in your house, Kieran. It must be a constant cacophony of different tones going off at different times. It is. It is. I mean, the, the one that she worries. Um... Most of all, it's when uh, Boney M's rah-rah Rasputin, <laughs> Russia's greatest love machine uh, tune goes off because um, she, she thinks that's, that's a special message from a special, from a special former friend. Yeah, we all know who Russia's greatest love machine is, Kieran. Don't worry. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. 
Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This will sound naive, Q, and you mentioned the Venkis being naive. This may be a naive question from somebody who doesn't know about business, but what I don't quite understand is that we know that the Venkis, um, their, their chicken business is hugely successful. You know, there's a, a, a massive turnover. So why is a company that size borrowing money in the first place? Or that definitely wasn't Finley. And if that was Finley, Finley's definitely got the hump this morning. <laughs> why is a company that size borrowing money in the first place? Or is it standard practice um, for a business of any size to be constantly borrowing money for various reasons? Well, I mean, there, there can be tax advantages in, in certain circumstances. Um, I mean, there's no doubt that the Venkis domestic business in India has, has been very successful. Um, but as we've seen with uh, other people, many successful people um, sort of resent paying tax or resent sharing any of their wealth. And I'm not, I'm not saying this is the case with the Venkis. If the authorities do investigate, it can then make things very awkward, especially if you're trying to transfer money across uh, international borders. So, so you know, the, the, the two things could be connected. Um, so do they have the cash to support uh, Blackburn? Um, in all probability, the answer there is yes. Can they get that cash to Blackburn? I think that under the the present regime where uh, the Indian authorities are uh, certainly uh, raising eyebrows with, with regards to some of their transactions, I think that could be more of a challenging issue. Mm. We mentioned the passing, Kieran, of uh, Bill Kenwright, the former owner of Everton. Um, uh, so I'm almost reluctant to talk about an Everton story, but I feel we we have to. It's a responsible thing to do. Um, I'm particularly reluctant because I actually liked Bill Kenwright. He did me several favours, including brokering an interview with Sylvester Stallone, which was one of the highlights of my life. But um, Everton have been reported to the Premier League this week and, and could possibly be looking at legal action. Yes, um, this is uh, potential litigation. Certainly it's being reported to the Premier League by uh, an agent. And uh, again, for the sake of transparency, um, I had a conversation with the agent in question um, within the last uh, few hours, uh, and they they contacted me rather than us reaching out to them. Uh, yeah, just just to be perfectly straight there. Um, this relates to uh, a a signing that Everton made. Um, it was was a couple of years ago. Um, at at the time, the the club didn't have a manager. They were in between managers, but no director of football. Um, and the, the agent brokered this deal and it was signed off by, as far as they were concerned, senior people um, at Everton. And Everton are now saying, well, we're, we're disputing the amount of the agent's fee. The agent has sort of said, well, we're willing to negotiate the fee downwards. And they felt, again, that they'd come to some sort of arrangement. Um, but now... They're getting. There's no sign of any cash being paid across. So, um, yeah, our, our friend Nick DeMarco, you know, famously said when he came on the show, negotiation is always better than litigation. It's quicker, it's less painful, and it's certainly cheaper. Um, but the agents uh, said to us, they've they've reached out to Farhad Mashiri, they've reached out to Josh Wander. They're being completely ignored, um, and as what they don't want to do is to go down the legal route because, it, it, you know, it, first of all, it slows things down. It's going to cost them a fortune. It's going to cost Everton a fortune. Um, but it, it does appear to be sort of a, an, an ongoing cash flow issue. Now, we understand that 777 partners have put in further money 
into the club. So I think the initial loan that seven 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 were were linked with was uh, around about twenty million, um, according to the the latest reports in the press. I think that's now been doubled. Um, so it, it does indicate that Everton are sort of having to uh, borrow on a short term basis. Um, I, I don't know what interest rate, if any, seven seven are, are charging, but uh, we had somebody who turned up to the live gig in in an Australian shirt, I think it was Melbourne Victory, who uh, are one of the clubs which 777 are connected with. And having seen the repayment terms on the loans there, um, they they genuinely made me shudder. Uh, so it, it's, it's a mess, um, you know, ultimately it's, it's a contractual issue and, and you know, and, as we said earlier, you know, you, you know Bill Kenwright, and, and he was, uh, uh, yeah, he was a true Evertonian, and, and I think you, you had a lot of respect for him in in the entertainment industry, of course. Um, but this is this is a story which is just it's another red flag in in relation to what appears to be a series of of bumps on the road as far as the way that the club is being managed at present, not on an on field basis, but off field basis. So if if seven 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 do take over, do they inherit this legal action, or does it is it Fahed Mashiri that's um, going to be facing the legal action? So is it against Everton or against their owner? No, with the, the contract the, the contract for the transfer of the player will have been uh, yeah, Everton Football Club Company Limited right, okay. and the right. the selling club. Um, the only way you don't inherit liabilities is if a club goes into administration, um, in which case the, the new owner just buys the assets. Um, but you know, in order to deter clubs from going into administration, there's, there's an automatic penalty that kicks in. So, so there's that. You know, we know that there's ongoing um, prosecutions in relation to Everton from, from the charges levelled by the Premier League. There's talk about uh, you know, clubs who have been relegated potentially looking for some form of financial redress um, on, on top of that as well. So none of it, it none of it makes you feel particularly comfortable. Mm. Uh, during the recent Women's World Cup, Kieran, it was um, fairly public knowledge. It was talked about quite a lot that uh, the Jamaica women's team were having financial issues with their FA, and it's quite clear that those issues are not being resolved. Yes, and this was something that was supposed to be being dealt with by FIFA. Um, you know, FIFA agreed the sums that were going to be due to each of the, the teams that were competing, made it very clear as to the amount of prize money. Um, but the, the, the Jamaican women's team, the, the reggae girls, as, as they are known um, locally, um, they, they've put out uh, effectively a, a release through through social media, um, and they say that they've they've not been given the appropriate the agreed payments as far as the the uh, FIFA twenty twenty three World Cup is concerned. Um, they they I think they progressed beyond the the group stages, uh, but also they they say that they've not been paid their full qualifying bonuses for getting to the competition in the first place. So you can understand that level of frustration. And some some of the cynics say, well, yeah, oh, they're, they're just focusing on money. But people people want to represent their country. You know, there's, there's any it doesn't matter what country you're from. Yeah, you know, the opportunity to wear the, the the shirt and the badge of your country must be an absolutely incredible um, achievement. Yeah, you know, if, if ever yeah, you know, if, if, if I get the chance to to represent uh, you know, England in the company's house, most. Uh, <laughs> most alert most annoying. competition most, 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 most annoying, most annoying person. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll do that with pride I'll, 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 be, I'll, be, I'll be singing God Save the King and, and so on um, but I've now got an image of you standing on the doorstep of the company's house singing God Save the King in a little Union Jack bowler hat <laughs> do Mr Ben where he's coming 
Oh, where is Company's House? I must. I, must uh, I think it's based in the north. I think it's based in the northwest somewhere, actually, Blackpool Way. You don't. Well, well, you don't actually. I thought it was in London, or they moved. Just they really. <laughs> I, 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 am I mixing them up with the with the EFL? I get so I, I annoy so many people. Any chance? The Premier League, the Premier League press office must be so hacked off with me because every, every fortnight I now write to them and say. You've still not published the distribution of monies from last season in terms of TV. I've got a spreadsheet to update. All you've got to do is tell me and I'll shut up. I'm very, I'm very irritating. Um, You're the most most easily bribed man in the world. What's he after, money? No, he just wants statistics. Yes. Um, the, the reggae girls also said that, that they were very disappointed to find out that their new head coach had been appointed. Um not through contacting the players, uh, but via so via the Jamaican Football Federation's social media account, and I think that does show oh, yeah. a sort of a uh, yeah. yeah a sort of a, a degree of, of cynicism. Yeah. Um, yeah. The JFF itself are are blaming the players. They're saying they've been tardy. Yeah, we we have reached out to them. We have offered explanations, but. Um, they, they've not got back in contact with us. So uh, there, there's finger pointing, um, but it now looks as if the reggae girls are going to boycott the, the Gold Cup qualifiers, which are taking place. Uh, yeah, this show's going out on Thursday the 26th, so they're going to boycott matches uh, today and also on the 29th. Um, and and yeah, I think one of those matches is going to Guatemala and, and so on. Um, it's, it's just a shame that you know, there's been a lot of progress as far as the women's game is concerned. Um, but yeah, money is money issues, and the lack of reliability of individual um, football associations, which which has been you know, arisen in many countries, and not just in the Caribbean, but in Europe, in Africa, and Asia as well, um, appears to be an ongoing issue. And as part of our live show, Kieran, we always have um, a Q&A session. In fact, the whole of the second half is now a Q&A session because we get so many questions from our audience. And on Sunday night in Salford, we had two bucket loads of questions. Indeed. You know, a huge yes. amount of questions. And we unfortunately couldn't get through nearly enough of them. So to the extent that we're probably going to have a special questions pod just based on those questions that we couldn't get through but so many of them Kieran as I glanced through the bucket were about the broadcasting deal um, not just in this country um, and we have news of a new deal in Serie A. Yes um, I think it's fair to say that the rest of Europe is looking at the Premier League with increasing degrees of, of envy um, Syria have now signed a five-year deal uh, and they, they've tried to increase the price, but they've had to take a cut. Um, so it's a five-year deal with uh, DAZN and uh, Sky Italia. It's going to be worth 900 million euro uh, a year. So it's still a sizable amount of money, but, but it's less than half uh, that the, the Premier League has. And, and we were expecting the Premier League deal again to be potentially to be longer than the traditional three-year deals. And it could be uh, it could be a step up in terms of value. The Premier League deal is probably worth around about one point nine million, one point sorry one point nine billion euro. Um, and the Prem, uh, so Syria is generating less money from TV than it did in twenty fifteen. Uh, the Napoli chief executive has says Italian football will die um, un- unless it raises more money, but that doesn't appear the case. I, th- I think he's. I think he's scaremongering a little bit, um, but I think his concern that you can go into a, a bit of a, a negative vortex um, in the sense that if you cannot compete in the transfer market, then your product becomes less desirable, especially um, in terms of international TV markets, which means that the broadcasters are willing to offer less money, which means that you can't compete in the transfer market and, and you, you become further and further uh, behind the Premier League. So the, the Premier League has, has set a gold standard. Um, the Premier League has made some really smart decisions historically, and they are very much paying dividends these days. Because you and I, you know, we're both old enough to remember you know, when Paul Gascoigne went to uh, yeah, Syria. Yeah. You know, it, we, we just looked at there and go, 
the Italians know how to do it. And then it, it, it tended to be Spanish football in the ascendancy and the Premier League has now been in an ascendancy for, you know, for the, probably for at least 15 years, if, if not a wee bit longer. And it's difficult to see how the gap between the Premier League and the other major domestic leagues in Europe can be narrowed. Um, the fear is that um, you know, the Premier League will hoover up all the talent, just as within the Premier League itself, there, there are fears that the Saudi Pro League um, uh, will hoover up the talent. Although it's, it's interesting to see that um, the, the side that Jordan Henderson is playing for, which is managed by Steven Gerrard, um, its, its attendance last weekend was lower than that of Scunthorpe. Um, no, and, you know, no disrespect to Scunthorpe, but um, it, it, the Saudi Pro League is is not proving to be a success in terms of attendance. You know, some of the attendances there are, are less than a thousand, and you've got players on contracts worth millions and millions. It, it's quite a remarkable turnaround, Kieran, isn't it? Because it, Italian club owners are now saying exactly what English club owners were saying in in 1990, 91, 92 that English football is dying, that Italian football is hoovering up all the talent in Europe, we can't compete. Um, we were all watching Italian football on TV because it was it was cool and it was different and the stadiums were full and they had the best players and the best. And now it's completely turned around and, and English football is dominating Europe like never before. And that doesn't look like changing it anywhere in the near future. It's really hard to see how you know, Spain, Germany, Italy, France can begin to compete with the power of the, the Premier League and its TV deal. That, that's right. And, and also, if, if you take a look at the TV deal, the, the relatively equitable distribution of TV monies has created a situation where there is jeopardy in practically every match. You know, I, I think, uh, I think did Brentford did the double over Manchester City last season. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's great. You know, Palace have got a really good record at the Etihad themselves, you know, and 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 so on. Um, and yeah, you know, you know, I was just I'm not saying, but you know, Brighton have won their last four league matches against Manchester United, and you know, this, this, these are crazy things to, to to look at. And you're not seeing that being replicated in the other European leagues, and therefore trying to persuade people to watch football matches where there's a genuine chance of an upset in, in, in a huge number of matches um, is is something which which attracts people. And if you've not got that, it's you know it's a case of by how many are Real Madrid or by how many are yeah. PSG going to win this match? And you go, well, yeah, once it gets to two 0 let, let's just switch off or let's go and watch something else. And when it comes to the international uh, TV markets, the, the reason why the Premier League is so popular. You know, in Indonesia, in, in Korea, in, in Thailand, in Nigeria, and so on, is because at the start of the season, there's still a feeling. Yeah, with the fact that you know, Spurs are, are top of the Premier League at present, Arsenal are doing well, you've got Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool. You've, you've actually got a, a Newcastle of the new kids on the block due to their investment. There, there is genuine uh, competition at the elite end. There was no need to mention Newcastle, Kieran. That was uh, that was unnecessary and cruel. We love German football, though, Kieran. We're, we're big admirers of German football, and um, Fortuna Düsseldorf gave us another reason to admire it this weekend. Yes, yes. I, I, I just applied a couple of days ago for uh, Euro twenty twenty four. I quite like the idea of uh, Price of Football Live in. In Dusseldorf or Cologne, that's a great. Oh, that's a good I, idea. I think, I think we should tournament. Yeah, yeah. I, I think perhaps we should try to weasel our way across. Um, yeah. This is uh, Fortuna for Allah campaign, and uh, this is uh, uh, an application by the club to uh, get sponsors to pay for match day tickets in effect it's a special sponsorship um, Fortuna they're in the second tier they, they normally get an attendance of twenty nine to 30,000 for a match but they've made three matches this season 
available for nothing for fans attending. Um, and as a, as a consequence, they had their first of those uh, last weekend. 52,000 people turned up. But they, they had wow. applications for over 100,000 tickets. Wow. And it's, it's probably costing them about 400 grand a match, 400,000 euro match in terms of lost receipts. But if you can find the sponsors to do that, to fill in that gap, then, then you get, uh, say, stadiums full and so on. And I think it, it is indicative of a different mentality of not just German football fans, but the people who run German football in that it's it's not the sort of, and it isn't being critical about American owners, but American owners just care about the bottom line uh, you know, as, as, as a rule. And they go give, give tickets away for nothing when, when people could pay for them. Yeah, that goes completely against the grain. Um, I think it's a, it's a great idea. Um, the intention is to try to persuade bring more more sponsors in and uh, you know within three years every home match would be available for both uh, both away fans and and the home fans uh, to, to watch uh, Fortuna uh, play and that that would be just so cool yeah because there are intangibles here as well Kieran I know business people don't really like to deal with intangibles such as goodwill and respect but that's exactly what's going to happen to Fortuna Dusseldorf, isn't it? Because their existing fans will be even more proud of them and they'll get a lot of new fans for them and there'll be a lot of goodwill from other fans, especially if they're not having to pay to go there. So and it, in the end, that all helps the image of German football, doesn't it? Yes, yes. You know, the atmosphere of German football is, is fantastic um, and I, I think it, it will... Uh, it will further increase the, I think, the standing amongst you know, regular fans of, of all countries that, uh, that they're taking this approach. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it gives the opportunities for, for those people that can't afford it and, and those people who want to support the local team as well. So it's, there's lots of positives um, overall from this. And our final story, Kieran, takes us to another of our favourite countries, Scotland. And... Um, and we've just seen Stenhouse Muir, Kieran, wearing a shirt with a sponsor I can only describe as um, making themselves a hostage to fortune, Kieran. This, it could have gone two ways, this particular sponsor on the front of their shirt last Saturday. Yes. Um, Stenhouse Muir's sponsor is a local plant hire company called Lock Muir. And normally, they uh, Muir have the Lockmuir logo. Um, but in response to what we've seen at Barcelona, and you, know, you don't—they're not normally t- cities or, or towns that are, that are associated or twinned with one another. And Barcelona are uh, are sponsored by Spotify. And what Barcelona are doing for their their most recent home match is that uh, instead of having the Spotify logo, they're having the, the Rolling Stones logo, you know, the, the, the famous tongue logo of the Rolling Stones because they're a big artist on Spotify. And Mick and Keith have yeah, been uh, shown um, with with that shirt. And everybody's going, well, that's, that's a really cool thing to do. So uh, Stenhouse Muir, uh, fair play to them. They said, well, well we can do exactly the same. And um, <laughs> one of Lock Muir's uh, most popular products um, in the world of plant and machinery hire is the Portaloo. So um, Stenhouse Muir are now going to play their next home match with the picture <laughs> of a portable toilet. And they weren't intending to sell the shirt. But I think it's fair to say there's been quite a positive response on social media. Say people, people like clubs who have got a sense of humour, who have got a, a, a press office, who, who who can see the funny side of things. So they might even sell these shirts, shirts as a one-off. And if so, if so, fair play to them. It's a great idea. Um, and, and it's good to see uh, that people in football still have a smile on their face. Yeah, if anybody from Stenhouse Muir is listening to this, you can have this idea free, gratis. This one's on me. Uh, and I'll be slightly cross if they don't take the opportunity to do this. Now, people of Stenhouse Muir, go out and get your nearest ABBA tribute band, and as the players come on, I'll be very disappointed if I'm not seeing a tribute band singing Portaloo. Because <laughs> if that, that will catch on, Kieran. The Stenhouse, and I want to, I want, in, in 30 years' time, I want to see a Stenhouse Muir fan 
explain to his bemused three-year-old why it is that the entire crowd are singing Portaloo as the team come on. You're, you're welcome, Stenhouse Muir. Um, I would love that shirt. I think it's a really good shirt. It's a lovely coloured kit anyway. Thank you to everyone who's donated to the pod via our Patreon page. If you'd like to make a small monthly contribution to the pod as well, that'd be very kind of you and you can get access to our chat community and our regular quizzes. We had a very lively Discord session on Monday night, we Kieran, which is, which is great. Did the live show, got the train home, went straight into a Discord that yeah, was a big, big old price of football weekend. You can do all that by going to patreon.com slash price of football. If you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at price of There's another price of football live show coming up. We're going to Jersey very soon. We'll be at the Royal Yacht in St. Heliot in Jersey on November the 7th. To get your tickets, go to price of We had two people from Jersey at the show in Salford on uh, Sunday night. I didn't have the heart to tell them we were going to Jersey, Kieran. But, um, <laughs> our new book, Unfit and Improper Persons, is out now. You can buy it at all good bookshops and some rubbish ones. And if you'd like to buy one of our other books or get yourself a Price of Football t-shirt, you can find details on our website, priceoffootball.com. We'll be back on Monday with our usual weekly questions pod. And in the meantime, I shall hand you over to Mr. Kieran Maguire for his customary farewell. Well, Thanks again to everybody who came to the Lowry on Sunday. It was it was great fun and interaction. And we we do promise we we are thinking of putting on a an, an additional Q and A show just for those unanswered questions um, to to make sure that you you do get uh, your your queries dealt with. Um, there's there's various ways that you can support the show. Many of you do interact with us through a, a variety of social media, um, but but one of the ways is to go on to your podcast app and to give us a review doesn't matter what you say by all accounts it just the quantity of the the reviews certainly helps um so you could even say you would rather have the show presented by two famous people from Salford and I'm giving you Sir Ben Kingsley and John Cooper Clark oh that would be feisty that would be feisty yeah he's Tiny little fellow now, John Cooper Clark, but he's very, very funny. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd listen to that one. We should, we definitely should get some of these organised, Kieran. I know some people. We'll get one of our secret agents onto it. All right, bye everybody. Bye. The price of football. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.